You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, it is time for us. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher in the indoor golf studio where Golf Magazine Top 100 teachers tend to hang out. A golf studio, because of the the simulator game, has gotten so much better. And so that the launch monitors are telling so much truth now that an awful lot of the teachers have evidence at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. If you get the evidence, you can make people better a lot faster right. now. Yeah. So most of the, the, the well-respected teachers have found out that they collect this stuff and you, uh, you need this evidence. And it's really tough to do that. All of it outdoors, mm-hmm. hauling it back outside, <laughs> hauling it back inside. It gets rained right. on, you're covering it up. You're doing it. So we all find that, indoors um helps us alleviate skin cancer too so (laughs) it's a lot of a lot of positives here there is now simulators um and the launch monitors and all those things they can very accurately tell you the distance you hit your ball can't they that's right so especially the ones that are the ones that don't need to track the ball until it's ended Mm-hmm. They tell you what you did, right? They tell you how the club came into the ball, how the ball left the face, and then what would happen after that, given no outside influence on the golf ball. So basically what the player produce. Mm-hmm. And they're great at that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take anything into consideration that you have when you are actually out on the course. But one of the things that we're going to talk about today Mm-hmm. Is is distance and knowing your distance because before you spend money on a rangefinder or on one of those fancy schmancy GPS units or or subscribe to one of those those apps online that are going to tell you exactly how far you are from the center of the green or the flag or wherever, you have to know what to do with that information. Mm-hmm. If you know it's exactly 157 yards from where your ball is to where the flag is. Well, you have to know what you need to do to get to that 157 yards. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Stick with us. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy. Just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Well, by now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free and iTrust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future with iTrust Capital. You can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com. Start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions 
restrictions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital, Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. It's game on at the French Lick Resort. You could play all day starting on their championship golf courses. The Pete Dye and Donna Ross courses are amongst the best in the Midwest. Play into the night at the French Lick Casino with slots, table games, and sportsbook. Did we mention free shuttle service and free customized planning? Visit FrenchLick.com and get started. Make your next golf and gaming trip count. FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter the casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or text I-N-G-A-M-B to 53342. And it is us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. And uh, and here's the scenario. You're, uh, you had a great drive. You're sitting in the middle of the fairway, 157 yards from the flag. And you take a beat on that thing and you go, I am 157 yards. And you go to your bag and you go, now, what the hell do I hit 157 yards? <laughs> if you don't know the answer to that question, you have wasted your money on whatever it was that, that told you you're 157 yards away. It's a sense of knowing the information if you don't know what to do with it. Right. So we can talk about this in many different ways, but we'll go about it in the easy way first. Okay. And then we'll go about it in that way that you always hate. Okay. Because <laughs> it's the it depends thing. And we're going to bring the P word into this thing eventually we, we too. Are of we are, course, going to bring that into too. <laughs> okay. So let's just say that we're not going to introduce the, the L word, that luck thing. Okay. Right? We'll talk about that when we get to the P word part later in the show. Okay. But the conditions are benign. It's an average normal day. There's not like a two club wind in your face or downwind or crosswind or anything. And you're standing out there, buck 57 mm-hmm. and you go, okay, to the flag or to the middle of the green or whatever. Right. right. But you got to hit 157 yard carry. Right. So for the most part, I want you to understand John collective, John, like not just you, John, but right. everybody out there listening, we always call them John because you know, it's, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy and it's fun. And John really knows that I'm really talking to him. And if we just make it sound like I'm talking to everybody by saying it that way. Yeah, this is just a private conversation. We're inviting y'all to just eavesdrop. Go on. <laughs> but the point is, is if you need to hit it in the air that far, you better not confuse the two with that's how far total it went. For right. example, you have to have 157 yards to get it over the water. Mm-hmm. or get it over the bunker or that little tight spot in the front of the green in between the two bunkers, you got to get 157 to get it over that space. Because of course I doubt it that you'll hit it that straight every time. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure you carry it into the middle section of the green. Usually that's a, on many greens. That's about where the, the bunkers that are in the front part of the green usually stop in, in depth. It's normally, pretty close to the center section of the green. So I need 157 yards in the air. Right. All right. So my suggestion to you is, I know you're going to seem this is kind of funny. When you go to the practice range, John, and there's numbers out there, uh-huh. distance, uh-huh. you may want to not believe those numbers because this is something that people, they, they somewhat gauge themselves on how far they're carrying it by the numbers that are on signs on a driving range. Right. So let's think, John, you're, you're a hunt. You got a 150 yard marker, so to speak out in the driving range. And it says 150. 
how do you really know that you're standing 150 yards away from that thing that says 150? You don't. Because some, some days the T's are up and some days the T's are back, but that 150 hopefully is measured to some place, but it's usually in a straight line to the middle of the, to the range T. And if you're off to the side of that range T, that doesn't put you 150 yards away from that 150 yard thing. No. Plus, let me throw something else in. How many times have you sat on the tee of or, or taken a shot into a green and think your ball is, oh, man, that's 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 a tap it. That's that's, you know, inches from the flag. Uh-huh. And you get up to the green and you find you're like 13 feet away. Uh huh. So the perspective is is off. You really can't tell how far you've gone just by those little signs. You really can't tell. So this is where it gets to. All right, everybody's got to have some sort of clue by playing the game. I'm at this yardage. Why don't you figure it all out by saying, all right, I'm going to hit this club and watch where the pitch mark is at least. If I know on the golf course that I'm standing 157 yards away and I just pull out a seven iron and I whack it, and then I go not looking for where the ball ended up, no. But, John, I'm going to give you some credit here. You're going to hit the middle of this green. On yes, I am. From 157, yes. right? Take that to the bank. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's, so what you're trying to do is figure out where on that green you were when you measured yourself at 157 with whatever device you had, right? Whether it be right. a GPS or, or a laser rangefinder or what. But you got you got to figure out, okay, where is that pitch mark? And then did I hit that ball reasonably well? Or did I skull it and it happened to get there? Or did I fat it and it happened to get there? Because you're trying to figure out how do I really know how far I'm hitting these clubs when you're on the golf course? Right. Right. Well, they make other tools that do that too. And they tell you, we could talk about all kinds of that technology that's out there. Yeah. Kind of cool. Actually, some of them are pretty affordable. Yeah. Finding that out is is really helpful to every golfer, but I use the technology in the studio to point that out to people. So that way they're not guessing at it on the golf course, you know, like, okay, where was I relative to what I measured at 157? That's where the flag is. Is my pitch mark short of it or long of it, or is it whole high to give me an idea of if it's benign conditions, right? Yeah. Well, that's how you would do it on the golf course. Because it's not like you're going to be able to go up there and stand where your pitch mark was and then have the golf cart sitting back there where you hit your ball and then go shoot the <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> no, you're going to have to do some math. Right. Yeah. That That's the thing. Is, you know, there's some obvious things, um, but there are some things that just aren't practical on the golf course, like leaving your buddy back there in the golf cart where you go up and go, hey, I'm going to go stand on my pitch mark, turn around and shoot you and see how far I really hit that ball. No, you shouldn't right. Yeah, the the folks behind you may take umbrage with you using it. Yeah, I think they might. <laughs> and they may, let's say, find some um, way of speeding up your play from <laughs> far away behind. Might be a message sent to you in some small round form or another to get you to speed up. But even still, when when you use that technique of of finding your pitch marker or your you know finding where the ball hit uh, the first time, hit the ground. Yeah. It may not be 100% accurate to like, you know, a tenth of a foot or whatever, 
but then you're you're not playing for money you're not going to be able to copy that ball flight every time you hit the ball so close enough is close enough isn't it well for the most part yes as long as you're relatively consistent mhm but what you need is you need a pattern you need to understand how far do i really hit these things when it's going decently or when I'm really flushing it or whether I'm off. Yeah. Right. Because we all know we have off days. I yeah. plan for having off days as a golf professional. I am not under the delusion that I will walk outside, go to the first tee, barely hit any balls and immediately flush every shot. I'm not delusional in that manner. I'm actually fully expecting myself to not hit it in the center of the face. And I know which clubs I should be taking as a result of not hitting it in the middle of the face early on in my round. Hmm. I club up until clubbing up gets me in trouble long. Okay. I'm assuming that I'm not going to hit it flush early in the round of golf. So I'm going to, cause I figured out over the course of the time, right at the same time I was at a launch monitor um, <laughs> uh -huh. over the course of time, how far my eight iron carries in the air when I hit it flush. And I also know what happens when I don't hit it flush. So I plan on not hitting it flush and I'll pull a seven iron where I would normally hit an eight. Okay. And then all of a sudden my outcome is my ball is a whole lot closer to the hole as opposed to being really short because I know what happens when I don't hit my seven iron flush. So gotcha. what I'm doing is I'm preparing for that off center contact, but yet it all stemmed from, I know what's going to happen in my pattern because I know how far my clubs go when I strike them really well, when I strike them okay to normal and where I strike it poorly, I have those things programmed into my head. Okay. So that way I know which club to take. Yeah, I talked to a guy earlier today, a friend of mine, who said, I'm not sure I could, because uh, I was talking about this topic, and he said, I'm not sure. I actually think I replaced my hosels more often than my grips. So I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you dial in your distance? We'll talk about it some more when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Have you ever had to do one of those indelicate rearrangements in public? You know, because your underwear just wasn't keeping things very comfortable. Well, I want to introduce you to Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear because you will be that much more comfortable. You will be able to do everything better in these things, whether it's on the golf course or in the kitchen or wherever you are. There are innovations here like an air mesh interior hammock, moisture wicking fabric with four times the strength of competing brands. The legs never ride up. The waistbands never roll down. Yeah, it's great stuff. Fanatics. No customers, they have fanatics. And one of these fanatics called Tommy John Hammock Pouch Underwear, one of life's greatest inventions. I agree. Tommy John's anniversary month this month, so whether you're trying them on for the first time or you've been a longtime fan, you will get 25% off site-wide right now at tommyjohn.com slash golfguys. 
Go to TommyJohn.com slash golf guys today. Get 25% off TommyJohn.com slash golf guys. See site for details. Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free, no obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Guard of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt. Negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments. Set up one affordable monthly payment and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. It's John Ashton in the studio. It's Jeff Smith in his indoor fancy schmancy golf studio, which is, you know, part and parcel of being one of Golf Magazine's top 100 teachers. And in that fancy schmancy golf studio, you have launch monitors. Would you suggest that if a golfer were able to, or confident enough to to think that he can be more or less consistent when he is on, would it be smart to get the initial idea of how far he hits his clubs from someone with an indoor studio and launch monitors? Yes. So let's think about it this way. I even offer that to my students. I've had people come in and say, hey, Jeff, can I use your launch monitor to verify things? And I said, no, but you can rent it. <laughs> and they quickly look at me and go, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I hear you. these things are 20 grand. Yeah. And they know that I paid for it. So I'm going to make sure that they understand that it has value. Right. So they can come in and they can use it when they pay for it. Right. But right. I make it part of when I work with golfers. I give them this information and say, okay, let's understand that you need to have a benchmark, right? So I do it benchmarks in terms of what I mentioned earlier in the show. When things are going normally, this is how far this club flies on average. And this is the window that I have for it, right? So this is the short, this is the long, and this is what's most common. I'll get a lot of these on a normal day, but benchmarks are not only for when you're doing it your best, like you mentioned, because you have to understand there are days where you're just going to peer everything. Yeah. And those are great benchmarks to have too. And those would be the goals all the time, right? On a one to five strike scale, those are a whole bunch of four and a half and fives. But what about the days that it's three to four? They're not quite four and a half to five. They're three to four on that one to five strike scale range from good to bad, right? What is it normally? So I have different benchmarks. I have different little bits of information. So, you know, in an hour session with somebody trying to figure out their yardages, they can find that out and say, what's my spread? What's my usual? So that they know. And I insist that they do it. And the software, you know, will plot it out on a, on a thing for them to see it. And it'll measure the distance between the clubs too. Like, let's say that I go through pitching wedge and nine iron and eight iron and seven iron and six iron and five iron and hybrid and on and on and on, right? Put them all on the screen and it'll show the gaps between the two. 
And this is all indoors, no wind affecting the golf ball. So this is what the player needs a baseline information. Yes. Right. So that when they go outside and have to adapt, at least they have a clue. If I didn't have to deal with an uphill lie or a downhill lie or upwind, downwind, sidewind, crosswind, I know what I'm about to get with this club, just me and the ball. Right. So they got to have something to go on. Otherwise, it's just a complete guess, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You, you need to know, like you said, the baseline. You, you need to know yep. in, in a perfect set of conditions, which are no outside influences whatsoever. It's just the ball and the club and your swing. Yeah. You need to know what, what you can expect. And then you can do the math from that point on. But that's, that's another program. It's the math you have to do after that. That is very true. So you start figuring out, okay, what kind of factors do we have now? This is the whole it depends thing. This is the part of the mm-hmm. show where you go, oh, here we go again. <laughs> well, what if you're a little bit into the wind and over water? Now you've introduced a little bit of trouble, so to speak, right? Into your mind, right? Now, all of a sudden, you better start factoring in, hmm, maybe I'm at 157 and this normal seven iron for me probably should not be a normal seven iron because of the pain I'm going to endure with my scorecard and losing a golf ball because I was dumb enough to not adapt to the situation. So you better start thinking, okay, one, I need this to fly 157. In order to carry that bunker, I need it to fly 157, but I'm fighting a little bit of wind. So if let's say it's a one club wind, I've instantly gone up one in my head. Mm-hmm. But my brain also says I have to carry the water and I can't – I got to have enough club that if I mess it up, I still have to carry the water for sure and the bunker for sure second. Right. So I may be going up one more club. Just that's, to be safe. That's right. Just because I have this rule of common sense in my head called over club over trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the over rule. <laughs> that's right. So – if there's no trouble and, you know, like water or out of bounds behind it, that a little bit long of 157 carry doesn't hurt. So maybe it's something that's going to carry 165. Okay, maybe that's the wise choice. So let's start thinking about these other factors that we play, you know, and that's just off a level, decent lie. Yeah. What if it's off a downhill lie and the ball can't get up in the air as quickly? Do you think it's going to carry 157 anymore with that seven iron? No more wind, nope. no more anything. But how about now it's a downhill lie? Nope. So now all of a sudden, you're presenting less loft, but it's traveling downhill, facing down, right? So yep. this ball is going to have a hard time getting up in the air. Yep. So this is a different kind of an adjustment. It's hard to do that. Yep. So then there's the uphill lie where you're adding loft. And so now you got to figure out, well, this isn't going to carry 157 anymore. So you got to start thinking about these different scenarios instead of just automatically going, I I had it measured. I got my numbers. I know what they are. I went to the launch monitor guy and he said, these are my numbers. This is what I do. And I pick them every time. Like, no, 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 no. This is a baseline of information at when no other factors are in play. This is the most likely thing you'll get. Let me, let me ask you another question too. Um, Because we're talking the difference between carry and total distance. Yeah. Okay. But the higher the club, the higher the flight of the ball, 
in 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 my game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have I have trouble getting my you know three, four, five irons as as elevated as I as I can get my eight, nine, and and my wedges. So let's 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 have a little conversation about exactly that, John. Why are you still having a three iron or four iron in your bag when hybrids exist in the world? We've been down this road. <laughs> okay, they are hybrids, but still, I don't get them as high just by virtue of whatever. I don't know my swing or or the club or whatever. They just or don't the ball position or whatever. Or, yeah, whatever. But it just the what I'm what I'm trying to say is that the rollout of an eight iron or a nine iron is nowhere near as far as the rollout of a three, four hybrid, a five, six iron. Right. Because the flight, the flight is, is steeper, right? Yes. Okay. Tough game, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. You're like, dang it. I still got to carry this thing. 157. (laughs) Yep. But I got to hit it because I'm into the wind. I got to hit a club. That's going to roll out a bunch. Yeah. Guess what? What's the most important thing here? Is it getting it over the bunker? Getting it over, yeah. Okay, so then you have to accept the notion that it's not going to have the height and the trajectory and the spin to stop your ball at 157. Right. Like you could throw in an 8-iron in there, and it would be higher, and it would come down steeper, and it would have more spin, and it would settle down quicker. Right. Thus, taking a club that could launch the ball higher at those longer distances and still get it to come down, hybrids, <laughs> Seven <words. clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They come into play. So yeah. let's just keep in mind that there are other things that can go on from an equipment perspective, John, that could help you. Right. You know, let's say a nine wood, for example. <laughs> now let's let's they, look at that. They do have they a really make those? <laughs> yeah, they do. Okay. So what is it? And, and people will go, oh, but I don't, I hit a nine wood. That's the same distance I hit my five iron. Why would I want that? Well, we've just talked about a scenario where that would become handy, mm-hmm. where it launches it higher up in the air and comes down at a steeper angle with more spin on it. But yet it had more loft on it than the five iron and a longer shaft and more mass on the head and it launched it higher. And right. this is where a lot of people, um, John, in your age bracket, tend to uh, <laughs> tend to <laughs> gravitate toward those clubs because then they can carry at one fifty seven and mm-hmm. stop it before one sixty five, right. where it roll off the back of the green and into the alligator pond behind you. So, right. so let's let's talk about some thinking about your equipment a little bit here at the same time. Yeah, I mean this. It, and it's funny because uh, so many times we we caution people not to overthink. And now today we have just given them an entire list of things they have to think about Well, <laughs> between point A and point B. But I'm just talking about preparing. Like, you know, having the right clubs in your bag isn't thinking on the golf course. Right. No, right? that's true. It's understanding true. why you would yeah. want one or another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- that's something you could do like you're doing right now. And you're not on the golf course. You're just kind of becoming aware that you should probably own one of those things because I've just called you old and weak. But I didn't do it you know, like I didn't actively do that. But right. I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
But you weren't talking to me specifically. You were talking to no, those in my age group. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except I wasn't calling them older week. So it wasn't really that same thing. It's kind of a roundabout way of putting it in there. John, get a nine wood out. You know, seven yeah. wood in the bag. Anyway. Yeah. But that's that's preparatory. Right. But on the golf course, there's that decision of, hey, let's just stand behind my ball and figure this out for a second. Like a caddy and a player do when you watch them on TV. Mm-hmm. They're discussing what's the number, what's the wind, what do we want to carry, what do we want to do. And they go through this, and then the player puts the right club in his hand, and he is now committed. And all those right. thoughts are now gone. Then yeah, he gets so into his routine. So we're, there's we're, we're back to don't overthink. Right. We're back to don't overthink because it's like, okay, just prepare, accept what you've decided to do, commit to that decision, and then just go hit your shot. That's right. We have more suggestions, more help, and more time together, and we will come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys, facebook.com slash golf guys. My friends call me a coffee snob. You know, they come over and I say, would you like a cup of coffee? And they go, yeah. I said, what would you like? And I said, just, you know, just coffee. And I said, you know, the stuff that you get at the uh, grocery store is probably stale before you even get it. So take a sniff of some of this stuff. See what what looks good, what smells good, and what will make some up. And you see what tastes good. And they go, what a snob, man. I went to Trade Coffee. You may not like the same kind of coffee that I like. Trade will know what you will like. They have a little survey, a couple questions. You answer them and then you will get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. There's no gimmicks there. Trade Coffee delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans are ground, however you brew it at home, and they guarantee that you will love your first order or they will replace it for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash golfguys. Now that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash golfguys and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. Then you too can be a coffee snob and love it. That's drinktrade.com slash golf guys and get $30 off. And welcome back. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And I do, if there was a hum in the background for uh, the show, I, I do apologize. There was a fan. Or, or maybe a small plane. I'm not sure, but there was something making a lot of noise here in the studio. So we've uh, we fixed that now. Uh, hopefully, the technology will be able to eradicate the uh, the noise from the rest of the show. So if you if we did that and you have heard no noise, forget I mentioned it. But we are t- talking technology. We're talking like heaven. Oh, excuse me, seven woods. Yeah, nine woods. They are coming in handy for. For the scenarios of which we are speaking on this show, the the, yeah. the carry as opposed to the rollout for things. Right. You know, higher trajectory shot, a little longer carry, not as much rollout as your longer irons. Right. So, John, let's say that you go to a golf course where you know that it's a little bit longer, but the greens are firmer. Mm-hmm. So that's when you need those longer shafted larger mast headed clubs that have a lot of loft on because it can launch the the ball higher right let the ball come down at a steeper landing angle right and have some more spin on it when it does it so there's a time and a place for you to have a club like that in your bag Mm -hmm. now let's also talk about the rules of the game 
and how many clubs that they say that you're allowed to have and the fact that you don't play by any of the rules anyway. <laughs> should we just leave that sentence go or should we delve into that? Well, I still <laughs> I still have to pull the bag in and out of the trunk of the car, man. <laughs> right. So how about this? You just throw them into the bag like you got them extras in the trunk of the car. You put your bag on the cart and then you grab these extra clubs and throw them in there. You know, as a, as a PGA golf professional, I'm not allowed to tell you that you should be playing with more than 15 or 14 clubs in the bag, but I know you, John, and it isn't going to matter because you don't care about any of the rules anyway. Well, well I care about some, some of them, of them. <laughs> but, but then again, some let's say them. you were, you were involved in a situation where, you know, you've got somebody counting the clubs in your bag because every once in a while you play with some jerks like that. You could tailor the bags, the, the clubs you use to the situation of the course you are playing. Some it's of the a, great players I play with do that. And mm-hmm. some of the great players I work with, we've talked about that, the tour players and the, the college players, and they know what they're getting into. So they're just picking the right tools for the scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're doing it with different wedges. For example, you go to a golf course where you know the sand bunkers are extra firm. Right. So you probably want the lower bounce wedge in that scenario versus the course where the, the bunkers are all soft and fluffy. You may right. want a different, different sole plate on your clubs. I, I can, I can hear people now going, I have trouble justifying the expense for the 14 clubs I have in my bag. Yeah. Now you're telling me I got to go buy extra clubs for different situations. So the club manufacturers like me for this. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, here we are talking about some of the wasteful things that golfers do, like, oh, let's say they go buy a driver every year. Now the mm-hmm. manufacturers are hating me. How the, how the worm turns real fast, right? Yes. But let's just say that you're a regular golfer, John, and you're the guy who goes out and buys himself a new driver every two years or something when they haven't been really proven to go any farther than the ones that went a year ago or two years ago, they haven't really proven that, but you're buying it anyway. Right. So you're spending money on equipment somehow. Mm-hmm. It always seems like they're buying putters and drivers are the ones that people keep switching out. Yes. Right. So for all the people who are going to complain to me, you know, on the show about, oh, geez, now he's telling me I got to go spend more money on equipment. I'm going to ask them, have you spent money on drivers um, that you're just not hitting in the middle of the face? Um, have you spent money on putters? Have you done these kind of things? You know, are, are you wasting money on your golf game and not filling in some potentials, things that save you strokes? So I think it's just a matter of choice. Pri- priorities? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But, you know, people do what they want to do. And when somebody suggests for them to do something in a way they don't want to do it, they think it's stupid. But <laughs> I tell you that the great players now and, and the argument back is, yeah, OK, so the tour players do stuff like that. They're not paying for their equipment anyway. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Fair point. But the reason that they're doing it is also my fair point. They want to have a tool for the scenario that they're going to run into. Right. They're going to do it. You can't tell me that there's not a player who switches equipment in their bag when they go from Arizona to Florida. Stuff's different. Mm -hmm. It's not the same 14 sticks all the time. And for all of you out there carrying that 15th stick, why? 
you already have you're already headed down that road to begin with. You already got a club that covers a scenario. So, you know, think a little bit. What do you need? What do you not need? Yeah. And I had, I had a conversation with one of my uh, college players. And based on the ridiculous distances he hits it, there's six clubs in the bag that he does not hit anywhere in the course of a round of golf. Wow. Six. So he could pull clubs out to put other ones in if he found the need. Mm-hmm. But let's understand that everybody has clubs that they rarely hit. Yes. For example, most people have a foreign in their bag when they should not have a foreign in their bag. Yep. Number one, they're rarely at the four iron distance. And number two, they rarely hit a four iron well at all. I would replace that club with something a whole lot more effective. Such as? Well, just think of those high lofted clubs we were just talking about. A high lofted long shaft, you know, nine wood, seven wood, something like that. There's a mm-hmm. scenario that you could, you'll probably run into that more often. So as we look at different technology, we could also talk about the technology that helps you figure out your distances on the golf course. Okay. Without naming brands, but there's a couple of them out there. There's these little cool little gizmos you plug into the butt end of every club. Mm-hmm. There's other little sensors and they hook up to the GPS thing on your phone through this app that they have. Right. And the app knows which club you've got in your hand because you've labeled that sensor as this club. Right. And then it follows you around the golf course. And if you do this a bunch, it will get enough data on it to tell you what club you ought to have in your bag, in your hand at that distance because of your own personal history. Mm -hmm. Because what you do is, you know, it's got this little clip that's on your belt and it recognizes which club you have in your hand because it's close to the, it's close to the sensor. Right. Right. And so it recognizes that and talks to the app on your phone and gives it the distance. And since it's using GPS from shot to shot to shot, and then you switch clubs, it measures what club you had in your hand from what point you were standing on the ground on the golf course. And then you went to the next point and those, it starts figuring out averages and they're smart enough to even take away the anomalies. Like John, let's say that you accidentally topped one. With mm-hmm. your seven iron, and instead of it going 157 yards in the air, it went about 34 yards and then stopped. <laughs> right. It 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 even factors those out and gives you the 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 most likely scenario, and then all of a sudden it can help those things can help you pick it out. So it's kind of like having an electronic caddy. Yeah, exactly. But, it, but like caddies, it needs enough information. It needs enough data. And they're really cool because they give an awful lot of information to the player about what they really do. And boy, do players really hate that information until they get accepting the notion that they don't hit it as far as what they think. That's the the first hurdle we all need to overcome is that we are not anywhere near as good as we expect ourselves to be. You got that right. Do you think that we would learn from from the the numerous times that we've put the ball in the water trying to go 157 yards and not carrying it 157 yards with that 7 iron you oh. think we'd learn they're not anomalies anom- they're not mistakes <laughs> <laughs> they're commonalities yes That's it's going to happen 
it's it's the average. It's what happens. Is that why your buddies name you Sploosh? Is that the deal? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? Because I heard, you know, they call me and they tell me they're like, all right, we're going out playing with Sploosh again. Yeah, what yeah. kind of ball should that guy be playing? I'm like, floaters. <laughs> floaters, right? Floaters, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Ping pong balls. Try those. <laughs> So, uh, the, but that's that's the the major hurdle to overcome is is you know you you have to realize that you're not as macho as you think you are. You're not as young as you once were. You don't swing as fast as maybe you think you do or used to do. Um, the results of are are going to diminish as you go through life. You know. Yeah, it does, and nobody wants to admit that. Not a soul wants to admit that. I yeah. don't want to admit it either. <laughs> That's right. Right? Even golf professionals get old. Sure they do. Yeah. But, you know, the ones who the ones are still on TV, they still hit the ball really well because they're doing a better job of taking care of their bodies. Yeah. They just are. Yeah, they are. They're doing a way better job of it than the rest. Right? Let's look at guys out on the senior tour right now. The one guy that still amazes everyone, Bernard Longer. Mm. That guy, 64 years old, and he's out there lighting it up. Yep. And he looks like a machine. And it just looks like he walks from the, the, the weight room to the golf course. Yeah. Right? That's what he looked. I mean, the guy's out there winning. He's out there tearing everybody's eyes apart on, on how he plays. It's They're looking at him going – this guy is just built to win. Yeah, it's just another case of German engineering, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That guy's been a golf professional for a long, long time. And you know, which is making the case for doing it right. Yeah. Vis a vis yourself. Because I'm not we're not saying that there's one right way to do it. We have never said that. We never will say that. But there is one right way for you to do it. Yeah. You have to think what that is. You know, and when you do, your performance really picks up. It does. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. (laughs) Yeah. And then all of a sudden, those numbers that you start to see, uh, that, that how far you actually hit those clubs actually starts to become better and more consistent. Mm -hmm. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to over club over trouble as much and you don't have to do what I do is uh, over club early in the round until over clubbing gets you in trouble. But that's a really good strategy for most people. Yeah. And you only have to uh, get in trouble once that way. But again, and this is all a moot point. If you cannot be consistent. That's what I was about to mention. I'm glad you did because we have to understand that it isn't just a one-off thing. Yeah. If you can actually repeat it, these are the things we're looking for, predictability, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why this whole conversation took place about, you know, okay, it's great. I'm buck 57 out in the fairway. What club do I hit? Back to the original problem. Right. If I'm inconsistent, I don't know what to hit. Yeah, your guess is as good as anyone else's. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you you need to study you need to, and here comes the P word, practice, yeah. 
I didn't even have to bring it up. I knew you would. <laughs> you need to get some sort of consistency so you can learn those little gizmos that go into the uh, the butt of your grip yeah. with the little sensor. Those those are great because they're unobtrusive and they continuously record the data and it remembers what it needs to remember and throws out what it doesn't. We got more time together. We're coming right back. Hang out with us. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around, do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470. And we've got a, a few moments left here. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He's Jeff Smith. You don't know what club to hit unless you know how far you hit your clubs. Here's the thing that I always insist on. There's a couple different ways you could go out about it to get averages, right? So let's say, John, that you hit five shots and all five of them were 180 yard carry the average is 180 but what if you hit five shots and one of them was 180 two of them were 160 and two of them were 200 the average is still 180 but you also don't know which club to hit on this one do you because it's inconsistent you don't know if you're going to hit the 160 the 180 or 200 or anything in between if you only looked at average. So I insist that when we use the launch monitor, not only are we looking at the average, but I'm looking at the deviation from that because it's the most likely scenario that's coming up. So let's say the standard deviation from that average, not just the average in terms of predictability. Well, that's just math. But what I want is the math that tells me what I know is really most likely going to happen. So if you're not into standard deviations and, and permutations and combinations, why don't you do this? Take five shots and take the distance that you hit most often and go with that one. (laughs) That's what we're talking about right there. Exactly. You don't have to do any math that way. Just remember. So those little things you stick in the butt end of your club, there's a couple brands of them out there. You can go sniff those out online. I find them to be relatively accurate for what I see the players doing. It helps the player know what's going on on the golf course because they're deciding, even in some of these apps that they go through, you can even put in the conditions of like, say, if it was windy or not, factor that in. So again, what you're doing basically is you're giving yourself an artificial intelligent caddy to come play golf with you. And we all need one of those. Hey, tell you what, you can check us out. uh, If you you miss any of the shows that we do here on the radio, you can check them out uh, online, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can watch the video of this at uh, weekendgolfguys.tube. And again, you got to remember, we forgot to mention this, that you are listening to the second best golf show in the world, according to a recent competition. I like that poll. 
I really do. I mean, think about it. Here's just a couple of schmoes out here talking golf. And then yeah. somebody thinks that we're second best in the world. And the number one in the world is a big, gigantic media company. Yeah. Like, and number three, the other one behind us is for the royal and ancient folk. How about that? What do they know about golf? Okay. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. And again, just check us out anytime. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. You can uh, follow me on Instagram at john.thegolfguy. Jeff is on Instagram. Jeff Smith Golf Instruction. There you go. So go figure out how far those golf clubs of yours go. And then go play some golf.